There's nothing we cannot do once we put our minds to it. Yeah, sure, all that has been proven time and time again, but along with it comes strings. The same brain is easily distracted, and in fact, our imagination is probably the one thing that can travel faster than the speed of light. And so it is not an easy task to keep the brain occupied in the same task for an extended period of time. And if a job that we're focusing on takes too long, it actually becomes more difficult. And if the job is demanding and involves a lot of pressure just to keep time, then you are done for. Motivation can be thought of as the process of channeling the surplus energy of the brain towards a definite goal or purpose. And if you have a good boss or a supervisor, then maybe, just maybe, the task of keeping you motivated might just rest with them. But even then, you have the responsibility to keep yourself motivated. And believe me, self-motivation is the best motivation because it comes from within. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to the Nick Franklin Method. 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 The Nick We have problems needing solutions. We have people investigating these problems. They research. They investigate what other researchers have discovered. They perform original research examining new views and new data. They make hypotheses, perform experiments. They test new information. Now, new processes and technology move from the laboratory and into practice. However, the new processes do not receive acceptance and enthusiastic implementation. See, our naive model is that we learn and we apply knowledge, we improve, and we become more effective and more efficient. The real-life situation is far different from our naive model. Now, rather than the smooth transition from concept to implementation, rejection is inevitable. If outright denial is not so apparent, then subtle subversion is almost certain. Psychological and neurological research presents some insight into why people do not accept obvious improvements. It shows why people work hard at keeping only the status quo. Converting your salary to an hourly figure. The trick, take your salary, drop the last three zeros, then divide by two. Example, if you earn $40,000, you're left with $20 an hour. Maybe you're a salary employee trying to figure out whether you should take that job that pays by the hour. This trick would certainly help. This comes from making a couple of assumptions about your working hours and there's some quick observations about time. There are 52 weeks in a year. And so if you're working a 40 hour week for 50 of those weeks, you'll be working 40 times 50, which equals 2000 hours in a year. Take your annual salary and divide it by those 2,000 hours. Equivalently, drop the last three zeros and divide by two, and voila, you get your hourly rate. Every person has a personal theory of everything. We exist in a world where reality is only a perception. 
from our birth, we intake data, then try to make sense of it with respect to previous data we've collected. The Scientists in the Crib by Alex and Gopnik documents how this process begins at birth. Eventually, we individually fit all of this data into this grand scheme of the universe, which we commonly refer to as our own personal theory of everything. Need an easy way to determine how long it'll take to double your investment? Simply divide the number 72 by your projected growth rate. Example, so if you're getting a return of 9% a year, it will take about eight years for your investment to double in size because 72 divided by nine equals eight. The rule of 72 comes from manipulating the basic mathematical formula for calculating compound interest. The exact number you need to divide your growth rate by is actually closer to 69, but 70 or 72 are frequently used for quick mental estimates because most common single digit rates of return will divide evenly into one of these numbers. So as long as we're alive, we are inside this media storm of new data. We have plenty of receptors to recognize new information. Upon discovering a new idea, we have only three options. We can accept the new data as accurate, we can examine the new data for relevance and applicability, or we can reject the new information. Now, if we accept new data as accurate on its face, then we are unable to form a concept of the universe around us. New data would just replace old data. Let us use the analogy of a large jigsaw puzzle. By blindly accepting new data, we would never find a starting point. The jigsaw pieces could never relate to each other. Even though all the pieces could be on the card table, we would never be able to distinguish the edge pieces for the interior pieces. We would not be able to group pieces by having a common relationship with an adjacent piece. We would not even be able to determine if we had seen this particular piece before. The most prudent action is to consider the new data in relationship to our existing data bank. Again, the puzzle analogy. We try to find a relationship to the already investigated portion of the picture. Is it the edge? Does it have a color relationship with the photographic theme? Does it have a shape relationship with other pieces? Perhaps we do not understand the real significance of its different attributes. Perhaps we will assemble the whole puzzle only to determine these. Perhaps it came from a puzzle on an adjacent table. Perhaps it is just a malformed aberration. Perhaps we need to reconsider our theory of everything and adjust the theory to account for new information. So many people telling me to focus on one thing. Tell me focus on one thing. I don't want to focus. Get out I don't want to focus. Get out I don't, don't want to focus. Hey, Took an hour break from women. Headphone jamming on the way to Barnes. Left Wall Street because it made me yawn. Yeah, I got up at dawn. Way of turning in bed. Pull up just like this. Making haters turn head. Always about to break. Get high off the ride. Mr. Switcher from the sun to Rosa Drive. Putting many cars in drive, but I ain't bad late. At the range, at the Soyuz Bank. Put them suckers up at the strength.
Watching up family guy on Fox after five and I still come through Punching haters in the eye, I be in the scene group All lookers looking while I'm jabbing and I'm hooking ass What's that move? I ain't even trying to be rude Only concentrating, exercising while they wait and see the weak Busters got their chest puffed up, flexing like they so talk till they run up people telling me to focus on one thing Tell me focus on one thing, I don't wanna focus Get out my business, get out my business, get out my business, get out my business. By far, the most dominant option is to reject the new data as incongruous with our theory of everything. The new information could not possibly be correct, otherwise it would fit into our own personal theory. You must be wrong, otherwise we would not be arguing. A fundamental truth is reordering our personal theory of everything. It causes considerable anxiety. Like for a great share of the population, having a comprehensive view of the universe, which accounts for all the observed, having a so much data, it's, it's much less important than being at peace. Rejection of new data is a much preferred option to the intellectual rigor of forming a new theory of everything and enduring the emotional distress of the task of reformulation. Psychological experiments support the notion most people prefer to be on the firmness of the ship's deck even though in just a few hours of the Titanic will sink. I mean, technology is simple enough to understand. Great bodies of knowledge exist in every field. Significant study, experiment, refinement have moved every expertise far forward. The 20th century was the age of enlightenment, yet it seems to be the age of greatest superstition. The resistance to productive improvement is the subject of its own study, experiment, and refinement. Steady research into the process of resistance provides some illumination. At the core of the acceptance and integration of new work methods is a theory of dissonance postulated by Leon Festinger in 1957. Now, in his theory of cognitive dissonance, he shows by experiment that new information and new ideas cause cognitive dissonance in individual minds. The serene position is a consonance whether all is tranquil when all data fits the personal theory of everything. Cognitive dissonance raises anxiety and other disturbing emotions. People will work obsessively to reduce dissonance and restore consonance. Perhaps an individual's tolerance of dissonance relates to... Make sure you tune in next week for interviews with people about religion, philosophy, different processes they use. The Nick Franklin Method. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Checking my analytics, checking my analytics, I'm just checking my analytics, checking my analytics, I'm up in the morning, checking my analytics.